0: The Personal legends Paul Merson, John O'Shea, and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off air event. So if you want to be there, get onto offtheball.com forward slash events. Just eat the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League.
1: The news round on Off the Ball with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon night edition available now. Now you're welcome along. Monday evenings off the ball is coming at you. We are going to talk hurling with Jamesy O'Connor. Opening round of the championship did not throw up any major shocks or surprises, but there is lots to talk about nonetheless. So we'll do that at half past seven. Damien Delaney on the football show, amongst other issues to be addressed. Tottenham Hotspur are a thundering disgrace. There is no other word for it. They are just the worst. And then Monday night rugby, Jerry Thornley and Fiona Hayes will look back on the weekend that was and also look ahead to what very well could be game of the season between Leinster and Toulouse in Dublin this Saturday. 53106, the text number. We're at Off the Ball on Twitter. Richie McCormack joins us remotely. Remotely, Richie, hello. I am very remote, Joe. How are you? Uh, good. And uh, Michael McCarthy, less remote, intimately here in studio. I'm isn't? not even remotely remote. No. A hell of a lot going on. So Spurs, a disgrace. We don't need to debate that. I suppose that's <laughs> just chalk it no, up. No, I am
0: on. enjoying that they've become such a disgrace now that even even old uh, straight laced Joe <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, don't, doesn't want to offer those hot takey opinions. You know, even you're willing to go all the way. Yeah. Disgraceful. They are. And look, I mean, Spursy is a, a nice a nice word that's been used over the years. Like. I saw it's Beyond uh, that now. I saw uh, you know, there's like these predictors that you can do for the rest of the season, you know, and where everybody's going to end up. But I saw a few where like Spurs were like barely have any more points than they have now. And this was before the Newcastle game. And I was thinking, this is ridiculous. Like you can't just write off a team. They're going to pick up wins. are going to... And then like honestly, I was watching Waterford Limerick and Waterford were kind of struggling at the time. It was before they got back into it. And I was about to I just kind of like automatically sort of went to the phone to like go onto Twitter but before I did just check the score app to see what was going on and five, And it took me three four minutes to really figure out what I was looking at here five, I was like did that match start early is there something what's going on here and it's just like but you kind of said yeah you know if it was going to happen to anyone mm. it's Tottenham Hotspur isn't it like, really really down tools it's really disgraceful You're, do you know what you use a perfect word for it because there is no way, way that turmoil of management should mean that a team with Harry Kane Son like all the players that they have like really really good players even with the injuries that they have are able to just like be 20, 5-0 down in 21 minutes to so a team that were hammered last week mm. it's really poor I think Newcastle are, Newcastle
2: are better than the, the. there was a good point made in commentary I think Jim Beglin said it yesterday in the the, the game I was watching saying that they're, they've good enough credit in the bank Newcastle to know that a bad result is just a bad day. And they've they've done well enough to know that they are better than that performance. And they put that behind them fairly quickly. Spurs opting to go with a back four for the first time in I think it was over a year, uh, for last for yesterday's game. It was a clear mistake, especially when I think three of them Essentially, are only really defenders, or maybe sorry, one of them. One of the four is only defenders; three of them aren't. And Romero, uh, sorry, Perisic on the left definitely isn't. Um, like, it, but they're not children at the same time either. So there's a definite malaise at Spurs, whereby the the absolute top line for them is to qualify for the Champions League. So as soon as they do that, Daniel Levy's happy to move on. So there's never a sense that there's any real drama, there's anything any real jeopardy, any real stakes on the line for Spurs. Once yeah. they get to a certain achievable level, then they're okay. And beyond that, like if that if that fails them, they, like they fritz, they don't know what to do. And yeah.
0: We we'll difficult. talk
1: to Damien Delaney on the yeah. football
0: show. I'd um, question Spurs' level though, I have to say. Sorry to I, I thought you were moving on, but uh, I would just I would question Spurs's uh like just self entitled place at that top table. Because Newcastle are coming in, they're taking over their spot in the top six. So I don't, like Spurs don't have endless amount of money in the way that Man City or Newcastle do. I don't think they're naturally as big a club as Arsenal, Manchester United or Liverpool. Mm. So where do they sit there? Because you look at like Newcastle taking them over, say, as the Villa have a fair amount of money, if they get their act together or keep their act together, they're rivaling Spurs. Spurs is like, oh, we'll just get in the Champions League two out of every three seasons. You know, Harry, Harry Kane is gone. They need another kind of linchpin uh, standard bearer after that. I would just, there's a huge chance that Spurs just fall off and go back to what they were in the 90s. Yeah, Harry Kane's entering the final year of his
1: contract as well. So that's another issue for them to contend with. Is any referee, wonders Frank, in Waterford, going to be brave enough to challenge Limerick on their persistent foul play? I presume Frank He's thinking of the Seamus Flanagan incident. Any referees entitled to miss one moment, I think we'd all agree it's most likely a red card. Frank is talking about persistent foul yeah. play. Would you agree with
0: that? I think Limerick are, I, how do I say this? Uh, I think they play on the edge and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I think the Seamus Flanagan thing was a red card. I think that's very hard to criticise the referee for. I didn't see it live. I saw it on the second replay. Mm-hmm. I thought initially that it was a free... I I I was three incidences away as the way I thought that was a free in the first place. You know, you see those things on replays, they miss them. I don't think a referee is seeing that and not sending him off, or like he didn't address it. The overall stuff, like I don't know, Hegarty was a it was a straightforward second yellow, and he got the straightforward second yellow. Barry Nash probably could have could have got a second yellow card, but I didn't think any of any of them were like end of the world incidents. Limerick play. what they can get away with I've seen them I've stood behind the terrace watching them in championship games and you know there's little tricks little things that they're up to it's not necessarily a referee not having the courage to to challenge them I think it's referees missing them because they know what they're doing and they're very good at it
1: I would agree with that there's nothing really out of the ordinary in terms of Limerick's relationship with referees Uh, John Kiley spoke after their win against Waterford it was in the end just a two point win they were up by four points at half time they pulled away six points clear at one stage in the second half but then down to 14 men and Waterford decided to have a real go and they did it finished up a two point win so if you have kids in the car just uh, flick off for one brief moment I'll give you what John Kylie had to say after the game you would think he would have been sated, happy John Kylie's not happy he's angry Tony and he's been angry for <laughs> a few weeks now and I'll tell you why <laughs> Kylie, after the win this is beautiful I mean this is making a siege mentality when there's uh, uh, need not much to be found <laughs> to, to, to get the siege going But John Colley says, let's be honest about it. There was some amount of bullshit spoken about our team this season, uh, ahead of this week and the week before. He says, it's a softening up exercise mentally from those outside of our camp. But we're around a long time. We know that's nonsense.
0: (laughs) It's such paranoia like, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Are you sure people aren't just saying your team's really good because they're really good?
0: I'm having these conversations where people like, I mean, like we, we have, we're, we're talking blind before a season into like what's going to happen. All the evidence there is that Limerick are better than everybody else. But like, I don't mind if he says it's bullshit and it's not right. Look at the evidence yeah. of today. But it's the idea that it's just like, <laughs> like, moustache twirling from all of the other uh, counties out there to try and, like, take Limerick sorry, down. No,
1: it is. You see, you weren't there. I just remember now, me and Rich were there. You weren't at the most recent media gathering where we set the agendas. Was I Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. The hammer was knocked on the table. It was agreed that we would soften up Limerick.
2: Did you miss Yeah, we're uh, softening up Limerick. We're permanently bad. on the side of Stephen Kenny. And, <laughs> yeah, what was the other bit, Joe? Uh, I, forget, I forget the term Monster are terrible
1: Munster are terrible There we go A softening up exercise I mean I, look It's great And I think If you were to talk to Kylie Privately He'd be like Yeah obviously I know I'm talking
0: Guff there <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> I, I just I, I, We gotta cling to something <laughs> Look uh, Yeah why not Like I mean I, I'd, I'd say they got a fright yesterday. Personally I thought That they were I felt like they were in control I suppose the last 5 minutes probably lies that a little bit you know but um I thought that Limerick were always going to get over the line and you do forget that they played most of the second half of 14 men Yeah. so it's always these qualifiers that people don't re- you know when we talk about Limerick it's like it's like we talk all the games were close last year the Munster final the semi-final against Galway the final against Ketendi, we're all Rockhouse it's like yeah but they didn't have Keane Lynch for any of those games he is yeah. the most important player on that team that they won it at all is an incredible achievement and shows how far ahead they are of the pack. Yesterday, they were down to 14 men for most of the game against a team that were well up for it, well organised. There was some, you know, they they good analysis from Shane Dowling on the, on the Sunday game last night as to how Waterford really, really uh, took a lot of possession op- options away from Waterford, you know, or from Limerick, sorry. So, like, but yet they've still felt like they had enough, you know. So maybe they're not going to go out and win every game by 20 points. Yeah. But I actually don't think yesterday took away from the idea that Limerick were, it was theirs to lose anyway, you know. I mean,
1: generally people have made points like their squad this year is stronger than in any other year of Kylie's yeah. tenure. They've said that they look odds on to win the Old Ireland again. There's nobody really coming at them in the way that Tipperary were coming at Kilkenny back in 09 territory. All of these things are true. Now, is Kylie right to point out we can be beaten on a given day? Absolutely. But I like the notion that there's a softening up exercise uh, going on from the outside, a concerted effort to soften <laughs> up uh, Limerick. I mean,
0: that's great stuff. That's great <laughs> stuff. I love it. you know what, Joe? They'll be lucky to get out of Munster this year. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, so, we should mm-hmm. press on with the news round, which is as ever brought to you with thanks to Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Spurs have made a
2: move. Uh, yeah, they have. Sure, why not? This is going to fix everything. Tottenham have sacked interim manager Christian Stellini after what they've described as their wholly unacceptable defeat to Newcastle yesterday. They lost 6-1 at St. James's Park. Five of those Newcastle goals came inside the first 21 minutes. Stellini replaced Antonio Conte when he was sacked late last month. Ryan Mason is Tottenham's new interim head coach as they continue the hunt for a permanent replacement. And it's said this evening that their former manager, Mauricio Pochettino, is on the verge of being appointed new Chelsea boss.
1: Damon Delaney on the football show after nine. We'll talk about Spurs naturally enough. Uh, make sure Mick talks about Villa tonight back in their box. Carl, the Blue brummy oh, I'm sick
0: of talking about Villa. We'd they know. were awful. They had their worst game under Emery. I watched it all, like, you know, even though there was a huge amount of sport on. I was watching the sport from 10, <laughs> 10 o'clock in the morning on Saturday I went to bed. And it was a terrible game. And do you know what? They were 1 0 down and they've, they've got a draw, Joe against a tough team away from home I don't know I think that's the type of performance that shows progress But anyway, Alan we'll move in uh, Kilmalach not happy oh why not oh Kilmalach Kill sorry he's just you've
1: just explained it <laughs> fair is fair lads you've, you've been telling us over the last few weeks nobody can touch Limerick and yet they win by two points what's the problem there with what Kylie said look there's no great problem it's just funny um, generally I suppose Alan managers would build a siege mentality when people are saying bad things about their team and writing the team off and we would hear managers say you all wrote us off and we're not happy about that. So it is quite funny to hear John Coyley say, you've all said really nice things about us. It's bullshit. And <laughs> I know there, what you're yeah. up to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you're up to no good. Don't take it too seriously,
0: Alan. We're just having a bit of fun. Um, I just went on to the Tottenham because I'd, I'd heard about uh, the how they sacked Cellini um, Statement on the website tweeted, club statement from Daniel
1: I saw this a letter from Daniel Like (laughs) club
0: update from Daniel you're not referred to by the fans as beloved Daniel
1: this isn't a letter from Daniel (laughs) this is like you're that you know what Levy you're not Daniel they really hate Daniel Levy I I think it's one of those situations it's a bit like when we weren't thrilled with Martin O'Neill yeah and on the outside and I'm on the outside of Spurs fandom I would look in and say well, I mean, the stadium is a really great achievement, and he's hired lots of good managers. You would think on paper, and they've invested some money, you know, sixty million on Richarlison and some money elsewhere. It's not like it's he's been, you know, uh, should we, uh, kind of uh, uh, absentee owner, yes, or, or, age, or yeah. you know, all over the shop. And yet you talk to, you know, John Duggan popped in yesterday to studio during the game and he's like, I just want these guys, <laughs> you know, I just hate them. Uh, so within Spurs, they really hate Levy and I, I don't fully understand why. Yeah, because I think I can see merits to the job he's done.
2: It's it's the, that pursuit of the average that mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier on. It's that thing of once we set that bar at Fort, then there's nothing else to achieve. There's no real impetus behind them to go and try and win a Premier League or to try and win a Champions League or to try and win an FA Cup. They just want to have the balance sheet ticking over and looking nice year by year, keep us, uh, you know, one of the top level strikers in the country at their club once they manage to do all of that then they've achieved their goals for the season and that's that's asking for trouble in the long run because that will just be subject to the law of diminishing returns and then those players will go away and then they'll have a pretty rubbish squad to try and achieve 5th and 6th and 7th and 8th and downwards
1: I do accept that totally and I think Damon Delaney after nine, that's very much his sense of the situation on the other hand in some respects you're going out and you're getting Conte and you're throwing him 15 million sterling a season you're, you're not not serious either about trying to do something. That's a serial winner that you're bringing in. Yeah, for me, it's,
0: I don't know, I don't know. They, from the outside looking in, I'm without all the details for sure. But for me, it's like, I feel like it's shortcuts a lot of the time. Like they're looking for that success, they want that big name to solve everything yeah, okay. as opposed to fixing it from the
1: bottom up which is what you need 15 to million on Conte is cheaper than spending 200 million on players, I, I w- grant
0: you. Would you indulge me to read uh, the first couple of lines of Daniel Levy's statement? The letter from Daniel? Yeah. The, uh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. Uh, club update from Daniel. Dear all, Sunday's performance against Newcastle was wholly unacceptable. It was devastating to see. We can look at many reasons why it happened and whilst myself, the board, the coaches and the players must all take collective responsibility, ultimately the responsibility is mine. Christian will leave his current role Along with his coaching staff (laughs) Uh,
1: I will not be leaving the club uh, so Richie James Lowe is out. It's a big blow for
2: Leinster ahead of this game in Dublin on Saturday. Yeah, it is. They'd hope he'd be back, but he's definitively been ruled out of Leinster's Heineken Champions Cup semi-final with Toulouse. The winger has failed to recover in time from a calf injury sustained in their quarter-final win over Leicester. However, both Josh Vanderflyer and Ryan Baird remain in contention for the game at the Aviva, at least for now. Van der Flyer is nursing an ankle injury, while Baird has a shoulder problem. Final decisions on both will be made later in the week. Reese Ruddock and Ed Byrne will play no part this week. Ruddock suffered a hamstring injury in their recent. Win over the Emirates Lions and Burns sustained a tricep injury in their weekend defeat to the Vodacom Bulls. Toulouse have injury concerns of their own. Fullback Melvin Jaminet has been ruled out for six to eight weeks after suffering an ankle injury in their top 14 loss to Saint Francais at the weekend. Anish Capuazzo is already out with a recurrence of the shoulder blade injury that prematurely ended his Six Nations. Meanwhile, Leinster head coach Leo Cullen believes he has the bodies to cope with Lowe's absence. Ah, oh, like you know, James didn't feature much first, if you remember, during the build stages earlier on the year. So um, he was he because remember he went back to New Zealand uh, for that round three and four games. So um, yeah, like you've seen the guys. You know, Jimmy's been been good this year. You obviously you've just had in uh, Jordan Larmer was unlucky to miss out probably in some of those games as well. So he obviously played the. What they played the last sixteen game missed in the quarter final. So um yeah, the competition is good regardless there. So um we're, we're reasonably comfortable there. Um guys even away, there was some guys featured okay. Um so yeah, no we're, we're okay, yep, yep.
1: I think um there's a sense that if Ireland France was maybe the best Test match many of us have seen in However long, certainly in the Northern Hemisphere or in Six Nations Rugby, that this will be the parallel of that on Saturday. Everything's pointing towards this being an absolute epic. So we'll chat to Gerry and Fiona after eight o'clock about that. Uh, Leinster beaten 62 points to seven by the Bulls. Like the most curious odd scoreline of the season there first maybe and second team at home notwithstanding it's just unusual to see Leinster beaten by that much but uh, nonetheless they're top seeds and we
2: have the fixtures for the URC quarterfinal. The Aviva on Saturday week for their quarterfinal in the URC against the Celtic Sharks that's going to have a 5pm kickoff. The same evening Munster will be away to Glasgow Warriors at Scotstoun, where kickoff will be at 25-8. to 8. The night before Kingspan Stadium will host the meeting of Ulster and Connacht also a 7.35 start to that one. Yeah. It's a nice lineup, actually.
0: Yeah. Can I just say we talked down about Munster a lot on the show, and look, they give us plenty of reason for it over the last couple of years. But their performance on Saturday night, and actually in both games when they were kind of do or die, yeah. given, you know, they were in the same venue, however, four weeks ago for a disastrous uh, Champions Cup quarter final. They were brilliant. They were 22-3 down for people that don't know and came back to draw 22 all. The final whistle went with Munster on the line, over the line, and not quite getting it down for a bonus point win. It was a brilliant performance. You had like the likes of Murray O'Matoney, even Keith Earls come off the bench. All the old-timers like, were just stepping up. Uh, good all-round performance. Fekatoa was brilliant. Can I just say as well, Stephen Archer has played as a tighthead prop two weeks in a row in South Africa. He's played 80 minutes both weeks at like top level rugby yeah. that's unheard of these days unless you're Andrew Porter <laughs> yeah
2: and I think Sean Klein has similar numbers as well in the second row he's been playing an immense amount of rugby there recently too has yeah put in decent performances in pretty much every one of those games but front rower is
0: yeah you know, a whole other row.
1: tight head to do it Jim. and kudos Ben Healy I mean oh yeah he should have been cast aside really uh, treacherous Ben Healy but instead he's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh come on I'm joking instead he Trotted on in 53 minutes. at
0: 22-3 down. Yeah, changed and, the game. Akin to last week, played beautifully. Meant to say him there in the list, because uh, he was, he was. I was saying it to you earlier, like well, uh, he was uh, two weeks in a row now. Ben Healy has you know uh, absolutely put his hand up. that uh, Carberry, uh, Crowley absolutely will hope to get involved. But I can't see how Healy isn't going to start at 10 against Glasgow. I wonder, based on current form, might Irish rugby at large have done more to keep him? because he he's really like it.
1: showing that he's made the right stuff so Do you, good do you on think him.
0: there might be anything to the fact that decision made went off yeah. pressures off I don't have to I don't have to prove myself to them yeah. anymore and suddenly you relax and play your best rugby yeah, you know that might not have happened if he didn't go
1: I often see with players retiring there's a certain yeah. I'm going to enjoy this now so he's certainly done that really good Keith Earl's made his 200 appearance as well that's South African trip these two weeks post their exit at the hands of the Sharks look like 10 days which would just be nail in the coffin of their mood instead yeah. it's completely rejuvenated their season so we'll chat to Jerry seven and Fiona seven points from about the two that. games yeah yeah. really really good some texts in uh, Waterford we're doing plenty of off the ball fouling as well yesterday dragging down runners tripping players etc and I'm a neutral says Paul I think every team does it I of think course they fair. do yeah. like sorry it's part of the game really, really this be, you know oh, Limerick foul well yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> they're trying to win <laughs> John Limerick, did that Waterford blank uh, observe the persistent fouling by Waterford backs? And then he references David. <laughs> Don't get me started about that fella hitting Hegarty. Well, yes. I mean, it was open palm, but wasn't good. I mean, nobody should be running down from their seat to touch a player who's on the pitch. Breda and Sligo. Lads, why is nobody talking about Dublin putting 4.30 on leash? Four goals and 30 points, she writes in capital letters, in a game of Gaelic football. To be fair to them, they scored just 15 in the second half, so they had the good grace to ease off. But yeah,
0: 4.30, it's, it's a score every two to get minutes in a game of Gaelic football over the course of the whole game.
1: 4.30, what's that in all money? 42 points. Yeah, but it's 34 scores. You know, it's ridiculous. Really is. Yeah. In football, like. It, it's, it was hard to know from the highlights what was going on. I mean, I have a good sense of what was going on, but I mean, it's hard—it's hard to know why it was so <laughs> ridiculous.
0: Yeah, Leash aren't at their highest point at the moment. Let's face it, uh, but I—I I think any suggestion that Dublin's dominance of Leinster might be. At an end or coming to an end, you see, like even the, like me, aren't exactly going to challenge them are they You know, they're out, lost awfully there in the Talchin Cup. Kildare, very, very good chance of falling into the Talchin Cup as well. They play Dublin next, yeah. and you know, like awfully might be bright shoots, but they're nowhere near Dublin level uh, yet. You know, so it's just another grim Leinster Championship ahead. Like it's one of those tourna- it's one of those competitions that's incredibly uh, competitive if Dublin don't exist at it. Yeah, you know, Loud beaten Westmeath yesterday was a great story. You know,
1: we don't have time to do everything tonight, so we're going to do football chat tomorrow with Colin Boyle. One of the questions I might ask him, given the rivalry of the last decade, is whether or not he paid any heed to these Dublin trend scenes of opposition in Leinster. Like would you would you watch back the leash game for kinks or trends or patterns or is it completely irrelevant? I what can they learn irrelevant. from a game like that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean yeah, I don't know. Patterns, someone's tendency to kick here, here or there, but in terms of like an overall where are Dublin mm.
0: When they're not under any pressure, are you actually learning anything from them at all? Look, like, you know,
1: mm.
0: pretty grim at least training on s- well, tomorrow night. It. Yeah, I'd, I hope to. Hopefully, they'll get a couple of weeks off now. I don't know when the Talton Cup starts, but uh, yeah, I would not be rushing back to league training. I have to say. And Mead, we'll have to talk Mead tomorrow. Absolutely, like Mead's Mead's fall has been remarkable. You know, they won their first two games of the league. Richie will know more about this than I yeah. do, but you know, it, it seemed like a decent enough start, but. I don't know Like I mean This was coming I think uh, It has the, been Gordon, way... Gordon
2: Manning has a brilliant piece In the Times today Sorry Mick
0: Like yeah, it fine. basically It
2: underlines All of the issues With Meath And they're, they are many A manifold and they kind of start with a lack of harnessing of, of potential playing talent in the county because, like he points out, Navin O'Mahony's are reduced to, they're like, obviously Navin's the county town, O'Mahony's uh, reduced to intermediate level. Uh, I don't think there's a single member of their team on the panel yesterday. And then you have places that have seen a massive influx in terms of um, populations. So you're like, so if you're Ashburns, you're Dunshocklands, you're done Bynes. Um, just like nowhere in terms of competing in county championships. So, like, there are players in the county where they are and how they're being trained and what level they're all at is is really really saddening to see given the the boost that they've been given in terms of numbers they haven't harnessed that in the right way mm. uh, seek out Gordon's piece because as I mentioned there it wasn't just yesterday this has been coming since deep early into the 2000s and didn't, before that uh, 2010 win with the Joe Sheridan goal yeah
1: I didn't see Gordon's piece I must check it out Anthony well, Moyles yeah. was interesting in an AM this morning That's he said person. Heard a rumour or two about happiness within the camp he doesn't love. Reference that point about the populations in South Meath. Are they being harnessed? And, he, you know, he half referred to Colin O'Rourke joking about burning the Dublin jerseys, you'd have a lot of Dublin families living in Meath. And so, you know, that that was such a fixation for that. O'Rourke team, like they just were obsessed with Dublin by their own admission. And maybe that's not going to connect with the younger
2: can't they're all they're all Dublin much. families, yeah. and they all have they all have Dublin accents in around that area. Like it's a just it's a different world. Yeah. It's an absolutely different world. Like maybe when you're up in Screen or up beyond that kind of area, it's a little bit different and it's a little bit more quote unquote traditional. And um, but that but that, that world is dead, mm. and they need to start living in the new one. Tom in Dublin,
1: as a neutral, very disappointed with the amount of coverage Claire Tibb got on TV last night. Sunday game spreading itself too thin. Like, are you just baiting Mick McCarthy? Like, all all of his faves there. Not enough coverage of Clare Sunday game. Too thin. I didn't see it. You're not
0: getting into it. Maybe, maybe later. And you'll week. say something you regret. Oh no! Will I answer the point? <laughs> no, because I'm I'm okay saying it. I thought like it. There's... It's nothing to do with... There wasn't a question. It's nothing to do with Claren Limerick. I didn't think there was much analysis that taught me anything about the game, but that's fine. That's another That's another story. The highlights are a waste of time. They just are. Like, I mean, I don't know what the solution is to that, but a... Uh, scores highlights, I've said this for years, do not tell the story of a, any Gaelic Games game, especially Hurling. You know, I just don't think they... I don't think they properly highlight what had happened. And, you know... I think anyone who watched the seventy minutes of that game and then saw, you know, the kind of ru- I thought it was very rushed analysis last night. You know, they started with the hurling, but you know, because they had a lot of football to get to, but they took their time with the, especially with the uh, Galway Roscommon game. Anyway, so look, it's the hardest job in the world. It's easy to criticise, and you know that. Let that be said. Because who's to say any of us would do a better job? But sometimes it just can be very disappointing when th- you th- want th- that extra bit that you've had from during the day. And, that's, and, and, and also, it's lauded as that. We hear the Sunday game sets the agenda, etc., etc. And I just, so far anyway, I, I haven't seen it. The idea
2: in 2023 that you have such a blocky format and this isn't just them, it's like this is any sporting thing. They basically show the highlights and then talk after it. Show the highlights, talk after it. That has to die at some stage because it's just not fit for purpose in the modern era when you can watch the games in GA Go you can watch the highlights earlier in the day there needs to be a slightly more fluid way of, of doing things in terms of preparing and showing highlights and talking about them on TV well listen
1: it's lucky we're so great in every that's way it. that's
0: <laughs> it no, 100% But we are out of time <laughs> we asked to talk about these things is what we're here for but we're actually out of time. Oh no, being out of time is fine, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I think we're entitled to our opinion.
2: No, of course we are. Let's talk about it on a slight tangent some night. No problem. Okay. So he gets real he gets really out of the gig earlier on in the year and he wants to go in two foot now. That's John you. No, I like the he's, I, he's I mean, I'm, I'm still mean. trying to keep in with them.
1: Uh, Richie, we're out of time. Thank you very much. Good luck with that Saturday gig. Thank you. Michael, thank you very much.